You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yes. All right, I will uh, start up. Hearts, uh, thank you. All right, man. Yeah, we're good. Uh, All right, here we go. Three, two. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the MLB Extras Mets podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Anthony DiComo, our Mets reporter. We are going to be with you throughout the offseason all the way into 2019 and getting you ready for the 2019 Mets. As we kick things off for the offseason podcast, Anthony, there's a lot to get to. We'll talk a little bit about young players. Uh, Pete Alonso is in the AFL right now doing what he did all year long. Um, we'll talk about needs for the offseason. But I think the one topic that is obviously dominating things for the Mets is the general manager position and what's going to happen with that. And as of now, it seems like as interviews are underway, the Mets are not really pigeonholing anything. They have spread kind of a wide net here, um, all different types of people. Um, does that make, is that pretty much some things up that they, they're kind of going all around and, and testing out every possible type of person? Yeah, if you want to be the Mets GM, just go ahead and apply. It seems like they're interviewing <laughs> just about everyone, and that ranges from you know kind of the quote-unquote old-school candidate, the guys with scouting backgrounds and player development and things of that nature, uh, to the new-school candidates, uh, guys who are much more analytically focused, uh, to even potentially some wild cards, uh, lots of rumors that some player agents, Brody Van Wagenen, uh, Casey Close, could be in on the process. So they're leaving no stone unturned, at least in this first round. And it remains to be seen how much of this is real, how much of this uh, is real interest. Once they cut down to the second round of the process, which should happen uh, next week, we should have a much better idea of of who's a real candidate, who's legitimate. And uh, the Mets have said the process will lose a lot of its secrecy at that point. Uh, as we as we get some hard names as to who's a who's a legitimate candidate, so it's interesting. And look, it's a big decision. Uh, this is a team that has had the same general manager since the end of 2010, and whoever they hire is going to have a an enormous say in in what this team looks like going forward. Not just next year, but for the next five years, for the next ten years. Uh, the imprint that any general manager leaves uh, often lasts long after he's gone. So it's a, it's a very big decision in franchise history to shape the direction of the team going forward. And uh, as for right now, while we're still in this initial round, yeah, they're leaving absolutely no stone unturned. You hear some reports that maybe there's kind of a split camp as far as the type of general manager that the organization wants, and and the split may be with the Wilpons, with Fred and Jeff having maybe different views. Is there some truth to that? And is that is is the GM that is finally hired going to, by being hired, give us sort of insight into the upper level of the organization and who's really calling the shots at this point? Yeah, well, well, there's truth to it, and there's not. Okay. Uh, you know, I would say uh, I don't think people necessarily realize because we don't see it on a day-to-day basis, but how involved Fred Wilpon still is when it comes to these big organizational decisions. He every absolutely has a say. Um, you know, they will not hire someone that he does not approve of the decision. So, uh, yeah, there's absolutely some of that, and, and uh, I think there is truth to the fact that he prefers – 
you know, an old school candidate, someone with a background in scouting, someone with a background in player development, whereas Jeff Wilpon, his son, is a little more analytically minded. Um, so definitely truth to all of that. Now, does that mean that because Fred Wilpon is involved and, and needs to approve the final choice that it's definitely going to be an old school type GM? No, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that. I think in a perfect world, the Mets would find someone who can dip into every world, who can dip into the old school world and the new school world and combine them both. And I think when you look around baseball, most of the best GMs in the game currently are the guys that do that. So that, that's the type of candidates the Mets are searching for. Does it mean they'll get it? No, not necessarily. They've already, um, you know, because of a lot of this ownership intrigue that you mentioned, uh, you know, there have been some candidates who have told them, no, I'm not interested. I don't want to interview. And that's been an issue for them in the early stages of this search. But there are still plenty of names out there, plenty of people who are interested in what, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, should still be a premier job in the game, general manager of the New York Mets. So uh, they're not looking for that pigeonholed skill set. They're looking for someone who could bring a bit of everything. You mentioned things uh, kind of going to the next level next week. How about the final timeline for this? When does this team want to have the GM of the future in place? Well, they've said all along that they want someone in place by the start of the general manager's meetings, which take place, uh, they begin November 5th, I believe, in California. So that's their goal, and if they can do their second-round interviews next week, there's no reason why that can't be the case. Uh, you know, announce someone the final week of October, uh, just as the World Series is ending or just after the World Series ends, and be on your way, be off and running. Uh, almost have the GM meetings be your first day of school in that respect. So, uh, you know, the process could drag on longer. Uh, it's entirely possible it leaks into November, but all things being equal, without some, uh, you know, unknown candidates emerging at the 11th hour to make this process last longer. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why it can't be done by early November. What does this process mean for the current Mets manager, Mickey Calloway, who's obviously only one year in and, and got off to such a great start. Then the team went South for, for a number of reasons, uh, not all under his control. Um, but anytime your boss gets changed, obviously there's got to be a little bit of stress um, so what have people said about Mickey Calloway and, and how safe his position is right now? Yeah, realistically, it probably doesn't mean anything for Mickey Calloway. Uh, you know, it was interesting to me at his end-of-season press conference, Jeff Wilpon said, well, the new manager is going to have the power to replace Mickey Calloway if he wants to. And, and that went also for some of the uh, assistant GMs here, John Rico, J.P. Ricciardi, Omar Minaya, who are in special assistant roles. Um, the new GM is going to have the power to replace all of those people. But then, you know, in his next breath, Jeff Wilpon said, but we want to keep all of those people in-house. So I, I think that kind of hints at how the GM search is going. Well, yeah, well, the GM could have a, um, could have a say in letting some or all of those people go. Uh, the Mets don't have a ton of incentive to hire someone who would do that, you know, if they want to keep those people around. So I think realistically all of those people will stay around. And uh, certainly on a day-to-day, -day, the most uh, or the most visible of those is Mickey Calloway. And, uh, yeah, I, I think on, on the merits, he probably deserves to stick around. Obviously, the June of the Mets season, which is what took them out of contention or ensured that they wouldn't climb back at the contention, uh, was very damning for him. But from July 1st on, the Mets had the best record in the NL East. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, on, on, on its merits, he would probably deserve – 
you know, a shot at least early in the season to see if he can continue that sort of momentum. And then we'll see from there. But as far as the new GM influencing those, that personnel right away, uh, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. All right, let's move on to the field now and look at what this team needs heading into 2019. You mentioned it, best record in the National League East there uh, over the second half of the season, um, but things went terribly wrong before that. Um, when you look at the needs, bullpen is obviously a big one. There's going to be some big-name closer-type relievers on the market. Um, is this an offseason where the Mets go out and spend a lot of money? I don't know. Spend a lot of money is what I would say, but spend, but allocate most of the money they have available to that position. Uh, yeah, I think absolutely. And you know, Sandy Alderson, when he was GM, really shied away from investing big money in relievers. He, he found them, uh, you know, just unreliable from year to year. He didn't think it was a good investment. That was a general philosophy that he didn't really stray from all that much. Uh, it will be interesting to see how that changes on their new GM, particularly given, as you mentioned, the Mets' needs. They have some big holes in their bullpen. Uh, they need to sign a big arm. Realistically, they need to sign two or three uh, of the bigger-type arms that are out there, whether it's Craig Kimbrell or Zach Britton or Andrew Miller. There, there's a host of, of names, probably about six, seven, eight deep of guys who I would consider you know, Class A arms there at the back end of a bullpen. So... I think the Mets almost have to invest in one of them, and we'll see how aggressive they get in investing in more than one. Um, and I think it's going to be a departure. Now, how much money they'll spend overall, I don't think you're going to go out and see them make an enormous splash on the free agent market. Um, I'm not sure they have the budget to do so. And the reason why I say that is when you look at raises for guys who are already in-house, whether it's Jay Bruce or, or uh, UNSS, Espinosa, the guys who are under guaranteed contracts, you look at guys who are in arbitration and who are going to make many millions more, whether that's uh, Jacob deGrom, um, he certainly headlines the list, Noah Syndergaard, Michael Conforto is eligible for arbitration for the first time. You put all of those together, and the Mets payroll as we stand here right now in mid-October is, is already essentially what it was last year without adding a single piece. So it's going to have to go up, and we'll see how much it goes up. Uh, certainly, as I said, they have to they have to find a reliever. They would love to find a catcher. Uh, they would love to find a right-handed bat elsewhere for the lineup. Uh, but I don't see them just going out and spending you know tens and tens of millions of dollars. It hasn't been their mo. And uh, just because the GM changes doesn't mean the budget's going to change. One position they seem to have plenty of right now is first base. The question is, what do you really have there? You mentioned Jay Bruce, and he can play first base, obviously, and the outfield. Dom Smith was a top 100 prospect. Uh, maybe the shine has come off of, of him a little bit, but sometimes it takes some time. And then you have Peter Alonso, and obviously there was all the chatter in September when Alonso didn't get called up and, and everything that, that went with that. Probably the right decision in the long run for the Mets, but Peter Alonso is currently in the Arizona Fall League where he is doing what he did throughout the season, and that is hit home runs. Uh, he also had a walk-off walk on Wednesday night as we record this on Thursday afternoon. But... I mean, what do the Mets want to happen at first base? Obviously, there's options there, but they must have something that if everything went the way they'd like it to, this is this is what you have at first. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure they know right now, to be yeah. totally honest with you, uh, because the answer to that question would probably be have Dominic Smith be the opening day first baseman and hit the ground running, but they really didn't give him a ton of run this season either. So they don't totally know what they have still 
in Dominic Smith, and they definitely don't know what they have in Peter Alonso. And that would have been, you know, I, I don't disagree that it was the right decision to keep Peter Alonso down, at least from a front office perspective. But from a roster building perspective, it would have been useful to have had him up the past couple, the last two months of the season, and have a much better idea of what you have there going into the season. So this is going to be one of those situations where spring training really matters, uh, where they're going to bring all of those guys and have them play and see how everything shakes out both at first base and in their outfield. The other side of this equation, of course, is Yohan Cespedes, who won't be ready for opening day, and the Mets don't know when exactly he will be ready. Now, with a healthy Yohan Cespedes in the outfield, the Mets will be more liable to put Jay Bruce at first base on a daily basis. Uh, without that, uh, they might need Jay Bruce in the outfield out there with Michael Conforto and Brandon Nimmo most days, which would open up a little more opportunity for, say, a platoon of Dominic Smith and Wilmer Flores, at least at first. I don't right now see a scenario in which Peter Alonso is on the opening day roster only because they have those other players that you mentioned, if they're healthy, and we don't know exactly what Peter Alonso is yet, as I mentioned. Uh, I can much more easily see a situation in which he goes down to AAA, plays there until that Super 2 cutoff is passed, and then comes up. But all it takes is an injury to change that. Uh, you know, they have depth. They have all these pieces. Who's the long-term piece? Uh, I, I guess we'll see. But it, it's certainly not a situation that the Mets have resolved as we, as we stand here in October. All right, one more topic real quick to finish things off here on this week's podcast, and that is the AAA team is moving from Las Vegas to Syracuse, which is going to hurt frequent flyer miles, I guess, but otherwise should be a huge help to the Mets. Um, it never made a ton of sense having the AAA team on the other side of the country. Um, now they'll be in Syracuse, New York, much closer trip to bring guys up from AAA. Um, is there any negatives to this move? It seems like a, just a win all around having the AAA team in state. Yeah, I guess the only negative would be that Peter Alonso is going to be uh, pretty cold in April when he has to go there. <laughs> Uh, he's going to have to wear a couple more layers out on the diamond. But no, no this is uh, an obvious win for the Mets. Uh, they've got an infusion of money coming in from New York State, from, from uh, Onondaga County, and from the city of Syracuse to make some pretty major improvements to that ballpark. And as in return, they've committed to being there for the next 25 years. So uh, for a team that's continually had to shuttle guys back and forth to Las Vegas the past five years, this is uh, – it, it, a very good thing for them for convenience and uh you know no longer will they have to worry about guys coming in on red eyes and, and getting to new york at eight in the morning and having to play that night make their big league debuts that night things like that uh it'll be a lot more seamless for for players coming up for players returning from injury rehabbing from injury things like that so all in all uh definitely a win and, and very little downside for the mets all right, that's going to do it for the first one of these podcasts here for this offseason here. We will continue bringing you the latest on the Mets throughout the offseason. For Anthony DeComo, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to the MLB Extras Mets podcast. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yep, talk we'll to you soon. Catch you next time. Bye.